This month, we're covering Lethal Ladies on Parcast Presents. While many of the women featured this month were violent criminals, today's episode shows that evil can occur without any violence at all. If you like this episode, follow my podcast, Mythology, where ancient myths are brought to life every Tuesday. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Greek traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Prometheus thought he was clever, perhaps even more clever than the gods. When the gods demanded that humanity honor them with sacrifices of food, Prometheus helped mankind keep the best food for themselves. He had wrapped fresh meat in an ox's stomach and charred bones in glistening fat. Prometheus presented the two sacrifices to Zeus and asked him to choose which style of offering he would prefer to receive for all time. Zeus had chosen the one with the pleasing exterior, allowing Prometheus and mankind to keep the fresh meat for themselves. Zeus was furious when he discovered this deception, but he had given his word and the sacrificial precedent had been set. He couldn't change his mind, but he could still punish mankind for their insolence. He stole their fire from them, leaving them cold and alone. Prometheus couldn't bear to see the humans so helpless, so he vowed to bring them fire once again. However, Prometheus had gotten cocky. He snuck onto Mount Olympus and placed the fire in a fennel stalk, as he stole away in the night, weaving between the mountain, he failed to realize that Zeus could see his face lit up in the dark. While mankind had received their fire, Prometheus had received the ire of Zeus. 
Once Prometheus had heard that Zeus was after him, he ran from the gods, and his brother Epimetheus helped him seek shelter and stay hidden. Little did Prometheus know, Zeus was about to out-trick this trickster once and for all, and this time, all of mankind would pay for his insolence. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. Today, we're exploring the Greek myth of Pandora's box. Pandora was a woman created by the gods to punish the titan Prometheus, his brother Epimetheus, and all human beings for their disrespect. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. We also now have merchandise. Head to ParCast.com slash merch for more information. The tale of Pandora's box is a myth designed to explain the existence of evil. It bears similarity to other stories of its time, including some within Egyptian mythology and Hebrew tradition. Similar to how Eve of the Bible took a bite of the forbidden fruit and cursed mankind, Pandora opened a box unleashing evil upon the earth. However, Pandora's story differs from the others in one very significant way— While Eve was tempted by the serpent to eat the forbidden fruit, Pandora was created with the sole purpose of opening the jar that unleashed evil into the world. It was her destiny, a destiny closely tied to the story of Prometheus. The gods of Mount Olympus had never seen Zeus in such a rage before. Hephaestus, son of Zeus and god of fire, masonry, and sculpture, was concerned. At the risk of being the new target of his father's anger, he decided to intervene. Father, what ails you? And that Epimetheus think they can defy me? The humans... Father? What? What, Hephaestus? What do you want? Well, I... I want to help. What's wrong? You can't help. What could you do to... help? (gasps) Hephaestus! Hephaestus! Yes! I can't believe I didn't think of it before. You're going to make a woman out of clay for me. Clay? Father, is is there no woman on Earth or Mount Olympus No, Hephaestus. I have a plan to punish mankind for their insolence, stealing my fire. But you've already punished Prometheus. It's not enough. Prometheus emboldened mankind with his actions. They see him as a hero, a martyr. They create statues in his image and light torches with the fire he gave them at an altar made for his honor. I'm sure that's not true. My temples lay barren and empty while Prometheus's altars burn bright. If we don't act now, the humans will never learn. 
They've lost their fear of us, and their hearts now foster resentment. Soon they may try to rise against us. Do you want to go to war? Of course not, Father, but I don't understand. If the humans defy us, why not just kill them and start over again? I will not have you question me. Do as I say. Unless you would like to be punished as well. Hephaestus did as his father said without another word. He began work on a woman sculpted from the finest clay. Zeus watched over Hephaestus while he worked, ensuring that every detail was perfect. At last, after several long days of toiling with his clay, Hephaestus had created the perfect woman. After much deliberation, Zeus decided to name her Pandora, which meant all gifts. Her flowing hair, soft skin, bright eyes, and high cheeks were the envy of every goddess on Mount Olympus. Even Aphrodite was jealous. But Pandora was naked, so Zeus enlisted the help of his daughter Athena, goddess of weaving, to make Pandora a lovely gown. Athena did as her father requested and began to work on a dress made from the finest materials, the sky, the stars, and the sun. When Athena finally finished, she dressed Pandora in the gown made from the black of the night sky and the gold of the rising sun. It twinkled with the light of a thousand stars. Zeus was impressed. Zeus next enlisted the help of the graces, goddesses of charm, beauty, and fertility, to adorn Pandora with jewels and gold necklaces. <laughs> Lastly, Zeus called upon Hermes, a trickster god. Hermes gave Pandora's beautiful mouth the gift of words. But not just any words, cunning words that could fool and deceive. The gods gathered around, eager to hear their creation speak. Speak, Pandora. I thought you'd made a woman, not a dog. I appreciate the gifts, but if you wish me to do tricks, perhaps you should have covered me in fur. The gods gasped with delight, enamored with Pandora. She was so beautiful and with such kind eyes that they wanted to keep her for themselves. But Zeus would not forget his revenge. A tad insolent, but well-spoken. Come, Pandora. We have work to do. Where are we going? To find you a husband. If I'm as beautiful as you say, shouldn't a husband find me? Stop asking questions and do as I say, woman. Up next, we'll learn more about Pandora's starring role in Zeus's vengeance against mankind. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Now back to the story. Epimetheus had been careful not to stir up trouble after his brother, Prometheus, was chained up by Zeus. Epimetheus had already put himself in jeopardy by helping hide Prometheus from the gods. He couldn't afford to anger them further. 
So Epimetheus had chosen to live a quiet life. He kept mostly to himself, tending to his animals and only interacting with others when necessary. Epimetheus was happy for a time, content with the peaceful life he had chosen, but he soon grew lonely. As a titan, Epimetheus was immortal and he did not look forward to spending the rest of eternity alone. He visited Prometheus when he could, although these visitations were typically unpleasant as he had to watch a blood-drenched eagle devour his brother's liver many times over. Brother, how are you? Epimetheus, oh brother, you've come again. It's good to see you. But I thought I told you, you shouldn't be here. Stay away, or Zeus will find you. Let him find me, brother. Why would he punish me for your crimes? You don't know Zeus like I do. He will want to seek revenge however he can on whomever he can. I understand. Epimetheus, be careful. He'll come to you someday. I'm sure of it. Do not listen to his sweet words. Ah, Do not accept the gifts he'll present in kindness. Heed my warning. Epimetheus wasn't sure when he would visit his brother again. It only pained him to speak to Prometheus now with his sad, paranoid ramblings. Besides, Epimetheus was certain that Zeus would never find him in his remote country home. But Epimetheus was wrong. After many months, Zeus found his target. Epimetheus stopped working and looked up to find Zeus standing before him. He wanted to run or hide, but he knew he couldn't outpace Zeus. He considered fighting, but Zeus would certainly kill him. His only option was to take Zeus's appearance in stride, like he'd been expecting this unexpected visit all along. Dear Zeus, to what do I owe this pleasure? Gah, I'm wounded, Epimetheus. Aren't you going to invite me in? My apologies, Zeus. How rude of me. Epimetheus had calmed his initial fears, but he remained suspicious, choosing his movements carefully and mirroring Zeus's expressions. Zeus remained silent as Epimetheus poured him a glass of wine. So, how is life on Mount Olympus? (sighs) Hera's upset at me again. Well, that's not good. Yes, but for once it's not my fault. Hmm? Do tell. Well, you see, Hephaestus created a woman a few days ago. She's gorgeous. You should see her. Her name is Pandora. Pandora? What a beautiful name. Yes. Well, Hera thinks I want Pandora for myself. But she couldn't be further from the truth. I may have my dalliances from time to time, but I could never live with two wives under the same roof. Especially when one of them is Hera. I suppose that's... sensible. Indeed. I was actually hoping to get rid of Pandora. Hide her away where she'll be forgotten by Hera and all the rest. And you think my farm would be the perfect place? If you'll have her. 
Epimetheus was shocked into silence. For one second he let down his guard and allowed himself to hope. A woman for him. No more lonely days. You wish to give me a wife? As recompense. I feel terrible about what I did to poor Prometheus, and I'd like to make it right. But he placed me in an untenable position. I can't have anyone, man or titan, believing they can disobey me and get away with it. Are you going to set Prometheus free? Unfortunately, no. I can't do that. But I see you down here. You're so alone in the world, and it seems like you could really use a companion. I would like to offer Pandora as a gesture of goodwill. Well, I... It's settled then. I will bring her here at once. Just like that, Zeus disappeared from Epimetheus's home. Epimetheus took a minute to consider Zeus's offer. It seemed too good to be true. Epimetheus had to think fast before Zeus returned. His mind whirred with the possibilities. If he rejected Zeus's gift, it would be considered a grave dishonor. A dishonor like that could cost him his life. But if he accepted, there was no telling what horrors the gift could bring. He remembered his brother's words, his warning not to accept gifts from Zeus. But there was no real choice. It was accept or die. Soon Zeus returned, but this time, beside him stood a beautiful woman. Epimetheus, I'd like you to meet Pandora. So this is him? He's just as handsome as you had described. Epimetheus was speechless. Her hair was long and luscious, and it flowed down her back in waves. Her skin gleamed in the soft sunlight that filtered in through the open window, so pale it was almost translucent. Her eyes shone clear and bright, matching the dark fabric of her gown that appeared to be made from all the stars in the night sky. Epimetheus, are you all right? <clears throat> I... I'm sorry. Please excuse me, Pandora. It's wonderful to meet you. It's lovely to meet you, too. Look at the two of you, hitting it off already. Well, Epimetheus, I've already discussed it with Pandora, and she would be more than happy to be your wife. Be my wife? I've never wanted anything more in my life. I said I would make it right, didn't I? Well, yes, I, I suppose you did. Excellent. If it's all the same to you, I think we should have the wedding today. Today? Isn't this happening a little quickly? Zeus, I appreciate your help and your offer, but maybe Pandora and I should wait. The gods themselves have seen fit to make us a couple. If the gods wish us to be together, and I wish us to be together, why hesitate? Epimetheus was stunned into silence once again. Surely this beautiful woman would want someone more handsome, he thought to himself. Meanwhile, Pandora hoped Epimetheus would agree to marry her, she didn't want to upset Zeus. What if he killed her for not fulfilling her purpose? She'd only been alive for a few days. She couldn't die yet. Epimetheus, I don't think you should reject your bride's wishes. It seems like bad luck to me. Oh, Epimetheus, think of how blessed our union will be with Mount Olympus behind us. Epimetheus nodded dumbly, and with another bout of thunder, Zeus disappeared 
leaving Pandora and Epimetheus alone. Are you sure you want to marry me, Pandora? There's nothing I want more in this world. Well then, why do you want to marry me? Your visage is pleasing to the eye. You have the strength of the titans. You're kind and you're hardworking, maintaining this farm all on your own. Who wouldn't want to marry you? Before Epimetheus could reply, Zeus appeared with the rest of the gods. Athena had woven Pandora a wedding dress. Dionysus supplied the wine. Apollo played on his harp for them, and Aphrodite blessed their union. It was all happening so fast that Epimetheus found himself standing at a makeshift altar to Zeus before he could change his mind. Epimetheus, do you agree to marry Pandora? Epimetheus paused. He looked at Pandora's beautiful face and knew he couldn't refuse her. Not only would it break her heart, but it would invoke the wrath of Zeus. If this was some sort of trick, Epimetheus would have to agree now and sleep with one eye open later. Yes, I agree. Do you agree to all that marriage entails? Protecting Pandora, providing for Pandora, ensuring that Pandora does not cause trouble for others, as women often do? I agree. And Pandora, do you agree to listen to and obey Epimetheus? For as long as my ears can hear. Then if no one protests, I deem you man and wife. As the gods celebrated and toasted to Epimetheus and Pandora, Zeus pulled the pair aside. Epimetheus remained silent, trying to smile rather than show his wariness on his face. Pandora and Epimetheus, I'm so happy for you both. What a beautiful bond you two will share. Thank you, Zeus. I'd like to give you a gift. A jar? Zeus handed Pandora a pithos, which translates to jar, though popular culture has mistranslated the word to box. For accuracy's sake, we'll refer to the gift as a jar. Yes, a jar. Isn't it lovely? It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Zeus. You've been so wonderful to us. As Epimetheus and Pandora prepared to say goodbye to Zeus and the rest of the gods, Zeus turned back. Before I leave you, I just want to ask one thing. Of course, anything, Zeus. Do not open the jar. How are we supposed to use it? It's made for the eyes alone. It's not meant to be opened. As Epimetheus watched the gods leave, a deep frown etched on his face, he saw the triumphant grin curling Zeus's lips. Epimetheus's stomach dropped. He wanted to shout, to give the gift back, to curse the gods. He wanted to run to his brother and tell him he was sorry for not believing him when he said Zeus would curse him. But instead, he stared straight ahead while Pandora looked at him, confusion plain on her face. Coming up, we'll take a look at how Zeus's command affected Epimetheus and Pandora's newlywed life. Now back to the story. Life was good for Pandora and Epimetheus. 
They had spent the days after their union getting to know one another, though it was mostly Pandora getting to know Epimetheus, since he had lived for decades while she had only lived for a few weeks. As Pandora's personality began to emerge, Epimetheus found himself falling deeper in love with her. She was young, not just of body, but of mind, which meant she was curious and excitable, adding some much-needed light and life into Epimetheus's dark and brooding existence. At the same time, Epimetheus tried to be a good influence on Pandora, helping to teach her about life and the world. All the while, Zeus was watching from Mount Olympus, pleased that his plot was going perfectly according to plan. Why must we eat? If we don't eat, we'll die. Why does night come? Because without night, there is no day. Epimetheus tried to quell Pandora's curiosity as much as he could, but when her desire for knowledge became too much, he found himself growing frustrated. He tried to tell her that some questions couldn't be answered and that some knowledge couldn't be obtained, but it only made her more curious. Why do the waves come on the water? The wind blows the water. Why is there water? I don't know, Pandora. There just is. Pandora was upset. Things had been going so well at the start of their marriage, when Epimetheus was still enamored by her beauty, and he still found her questions adorable. But now, she could feel him growing tired of her. Would he want his solitude again? Would he force her to leave? Where would she go? Zeus wouldn't take her back to Mount Olympus if she failed at her mission of being a good wife to Epimetheus. Pandora wept openly, fearful of what would happen. (laughs) Suddenly, she heard a voice call out to her. It soothed her, telling her that everything would be all right. She searched the house for the voice's source, finally realizing that the voice was coming from Zeus's jar, which had found its way into the attic. Pandora was so happy to see the gift, she burst out the door to show it to Epimetheus. Zeus's gift? What are you doing with it? I'm admiring its beauty. Look at this wonderful relief of Zeus defeating Cronus. A little voice from inside the jar told Pandora to keep quiet about its presence, to keep quiet about how it had called her. If it looks this wonderful on the outside, what must it look like on the inside? Don't open it. Epimetheus approached Pandora to take the jar from her hands. After their wedding night, Epimetheus had hidden the jar from Pandora. Knowing Pandora's curious nature, he couldn't risk her opening it. Epimetheus was certain it was a trick from Zeus, but he wasn't sure what the trick was. He'd gone over the many scenarios in his head. Opening the jar would make Pandora ugly. Opening the jar would kill them both. Opening the jar would transport them to Tartarus. Each idea was more horrific than the last. Pandora, give that to me. I just want to peek. Don't you? The little voice told Pandora to pull the jar away from Epimetheus, so she did, backing away from her husband with the jar held tightly in her hands. 
I'm sure a glance inside wouldn't hurt anyone. Pandora, sometimes we aren't supposed to question. We're supposed to listen. Now give me that jar. Before Pandora could pull away again, Epimetheus snatched the jar from her hands. Before Pandora could respond, Epimetheus walked away, putting the jar back inside the house and hiding it once more. More time passed, and still Pandora's curiosity never waned. Epimetheus had hoped Pandora would forget about the jar, but he had no such luck. Epimetheus didn't know the jar had been calling to Pandora, begging her to open it. It told her about all the wonderful gifts hidden inside. Sometimes it even spoke in Zeus's voice and told her that Zeus wanted her to open it. Pandora was conflicted. She'd made a vow to obey Zeus's orders, so if he wanted her to open the jar, she needed to. But conversely, she'd made a vow to her husband, and her duty was to be a good wife. Then she recalled Zeus, telling her not to open the jar on her wedding night. She didn't understand why the jar would contradict the original order. It was all too confusing. Zeus watched from Mount Olympus, a grin spread wide on his face, as Pandora once again brought the jar to her husband. It's curious there's a lid on the jar if it isn't meant to be opened. Why not seal it entirely? And the knob fits so perfectly in my hand. I don't know, Pandora. If Zeus doesn't want us to open the jar, that means there can't be anything good inside. Haven't the gods tried to hide wonderful things from mankind before? Epimetheus couldn't help but reflect on his brother when he heard this. The gods had hid fire from man, but Prometheus had been punished greatly for stealing it. Epimetheus didn't want to be punished for opening the jar, even if good things did come out. You really think Zeus is hiding a gift inside? Just think of the possibilities. I can only think of terrible possibilities. Allow yourself to hope. I can't! Don't you understand? My brother is tortured every day. I can't risk the same thing happening to us. Give me the jar! Pandora was shocked. Epimetheus had never gotten angry like this before. She handed him the jar. Epimetheus ran off, away from the house, and Pandora knew he was hiding the jar once again. Later that evening, Epimetheus returned. He didn't speak a word to Pandora. Instead, he ate, then went to sleep, hardly looking at her. Eventually, Pandora couldn't stand the silence anymore. Though she tried to sleep, peace wouldn't come. She needed to convince him to give her another chance. She could be a good wife. She just needed to learn how. Epimetheus? Epimetheus, please... Wake up. What is it, Pandora? I'm sorry. Nothing in that jar could ever be worth as much as my love for you. I promise. I'll leave it alone from now on. I forgive you. Just get some sleep. Epimetheus was tired, but he thought Pandora sounded genuine. Pandora did as he said, and together, the couple slept better than they had in months. The next several weeks went by without incident. 
Pandora took up weaving and spoke of having a baby, Epimetheus dedicated his time to tending to the farm. But the voices were persistent. They taunted Pandora night and day, promising her a happier, more peaceful life with her husband, if only she'd open the jar. They needled her, stoking her curiosity, feeding her need to know. Finally, she couldn't take it anymore. She had to open that jar. She had to know. Pandora told Epimetheus that she'd be in the forest collecting herbs for cooking and flowers for her hair. Epimetheus, not suspecting anything amiss, watched her go, happy that his wife was finding ways to spend her time other than asking questions. As Pandora crept closer to the woods, the voices got louder and louder. Soon enough, Pandora reached the spot. There sat the jar beneath a tall tree. Pandora paused. She thought of Epimetheus's face, so kind in the sunlight as he watched her go. She thought of Zeus's compassion in providing her with life and a caring husband. But the voices were louder, more compelling than anything else. She hoped if this was the wrong choice, she would be forgiven. I'm here, I'm here. Pandora crept closer to the jar, the voices swarming around her, begging to be released. She slowly broke the seal on the lid, easing the jar open. Suddenly, a thousand evils flew out, greed and envy, hatred and pain, disease and hunger, poverty and war and death. Each terrible evil scattered to a different corner of the world, and though Pandora grabbed for them and tried to push them back inside, it was useless. Zeus laughed as he watched the evils spread across the world, knowing that man would never defy him again. Now they would understand his power. Back at the farm, Epimetheus saw the evils flying through the forest and realized what had happened. He ran as fast as he could and found Pandora sitting dazed upon the ground. Shut the lid, Pandora! She did as he said, slamming the lid back on the jar with Epimetheus's help. Before the jar was closed, Pandora and Epimetheus noticed that one last thing remained inside the jar. It was called Elpis, and it was hope. Elpis had been put in the jar by an unknown god who pitied man and knew mankind would not survive without something to hang on to. Elpis spoke to them in a soothing voice and asked that they keep it, a friend to hold on to, when evil returned to terrorize their lives. As Pandora cried, Epimetheus held her. He told her he forgave her. He understood Zeus's plan and Pandora's purpose and knew they were doomed to fail from the beginning. He hoped they could build a better future together. Pandora stopped crying and held on to the hope of a happy life with her husband. Though Zeus believed he had won, 
Sitting self-satisfied on Mount Olympus, mankind would always have hope that things would become better. Pandora's box is a myth about evil. It's also a myth about obedience, knowledge, marriage, gender roles, curiosity, and self-discovery. It's about a young girl trying to learn her place in a world where she's being pulled in many directions. While interpretations of the story differ, one could say that as the evils float freely around the world, external to us and outside of our control, hope's insistence on remaining in the jar proves that hope is internal. Hope is always within reach and always under our control, available for us anytime we should wish to call on it. And although Pandora became famous for wronging mankind, perhaps we should focus on the life she lived with Epimetheus after the jar had been opened. Perhaps we should focus on the hope that they had and remember there is always a light in the darkness. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children. And every other Saturday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. You can find Tales, more episodes of Mythology, and all of ParCast's other shows on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Several of you have asked how to help Mythology. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at ParCast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic tale. Mythology was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Mythology is written by Margot Perkins. The amazing cast of voice actors includes, by alphabetical order, Mike Capozzi, Susanna Corrington, Harris Markson, and Munib Rehman. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Mm-hmm.